We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back with the Field of 68 with the Off the Carousel series where first-year head coaches at their new gigs come in and speak with us a little bit. Tell us about what their expectations are. And today, I have none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Will Wade, who I've known ever since I was 16 years old. Uh, He's back in the saddle. He's a cowboy at McNeese State uh, in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Coach, uh, first of all, congratulations on the new gig, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Been uh, we've known each other a long time, and uh, so this will be fun today. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm going to start with this. Obviously, going from LSU down uh, down the road to Lake Charles and McNeese State. What what brought you to this gig? Obviously, there's there's some backstory here, but oh yeah. Uh, the but with Heath Royer, what what brought you there to Lake Charles? A lot of it was just comfortability. You know, I, I talked to you know some other schools, but McNeese was ready to move very very quickly. Um, you know, they were one of the first jobs that was open on the carousel, and you know, I I I, I didn't think coming off being fired and, and and still not having the NCAA ruling, which we probably won't have, we still don't have. And I didn't think I was in a in a situation where I need you know I, I by by nature I'm a risk taker. Uh, that's kind of how I that's kind of how I roll. But I didn't think in this situation it was smart to 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 be risky. And I thought that that coming to McNeese, an area that I know, to work with an athletic director that I've known for 15 years, uh, I was this close to hiring Heath as an assistant on my staff at VCU uh, when he was at NC State. Uh, so to 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 work with somebody that I know in an area that I know, um, it just made sense. And and I, and you know, look, I've got a little bit different perspective. You know, you're when you're at, at you know, I was at Chattanooga, then VCU, then LSU, and you're just trying to climb, 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 and do 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 do, and get where you get get where you want to go. Um, you know, you you want to have a little bit more purpose maybe about you the second time around. And so I, I was actually intrigued. We got some unbelievable stuff here, and we host a conference tournament. There's a lot of positives. But, I mean, the reality is we had not had a winning season since 2011. 
uh, we hadn't been in the NCAA tournament since 2002. Mm. So to be able to, to, to do something a little bit different, to try to, to try to, you know, raise an area up, raise a school up. We've lost a lot of enrollment since the hurricanes and, and to try to use our, our basketball program to, to, to help drive enrollment in our five parish areas. So there's just a lot of stuff that I thought where I could make an impact and, you know, you want to go somewhere where you can make, an impact. And I thought I could make a huge impact here. And, you know, the school's still going through, a, I said this in our my opening press conference, you know, the school's still going through a, you know, you know, a rebirth, really trying to recover. Uh, my career is trying to recover after being fired at LSU and going through the FBI things and and and, and with the NCAA. I mean, you know, my, my name's been tarnished and, and, and my, my career needs to needs a little bit of a reboot and a, a, a recovery. And our area does too. I mean, we still got tarps on roofs, uh, in our area from hurricanes three years ago, and there's still people fighting in court to get their money. And so, you know, I think it was just, you know, life's a lot about timing. And I think this was the perfect timing for myself, for McNeese, for the area. And I just, I, I felt that, uh, I felt that in my heart. I felt that pretty strongly. And so that's, uh, it's a long-winded way, but that's kind of how I ended up here. There's no other way than a long-winded way. This is a field of 68. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, let me ask you this. I mean, when you when you take a year away from coaching, a lot of coaches talk about, well, I gained this perspective or that perspective or offensively, I learned something completely different. Sean Miller alluded to that whenever he uh, took a year year away. Is there something that sticks out to you uh, during your year off that you were able to pick up or is it just perspective? I mean, I picked up a lot of perspective. You know, I always talk about being appreciative. I'm obviously much more appreciative of things, you know, now when you have stuff, you know, taken take, taken from you or when you, you know, when you when you don't have the team. You know, I, I like being a part of a team like that. That part was hard for me, not having a team. I was doing work in basketball um, during over the course of the year, at the, you know, for, for some different NBA teams and some things like that. So that kept me you know, kept me busy and, and, and busy enough, but not having a team and a, and a real sense of purpose every day. Uh, that was, that, that was tough. I, I certainly, I worked some training camps. I worked some mini camps. I did, you know, I, I did a bunch of different things. So I was able to pick some things up basketball wise. I went to a bunch of practices for, for different teams and different schools as I was traveling around. So certainly you get to pick up some ideas. Uh, you know, you get to pick up some ideas from those guys. So um, you know, the base of what we do is not going to be that much different than what I've done for, 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 for a while, but you certainly add some twists and some, and some, and some, uh, you know, and some different spices to it that, that'll hopefully enhance, uh, that'll hopefully enhance what you're, you know, what you're doing both offensively, uh, and defensively. So, uh, that was, that was good. Uh, you know, I, I think the perspective really came from just missing having a team, missing being around the team every day. Uh, I like recruiting. I miss, you know, the recruiting, kind of getting in the recruiting wars. I, I miss that. Um, so, you know, that that was where the perspective came. And we certainly added some basketball, you know, some 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 basketball tools to the toolkit. But, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to have any sweeping, um, any sweeping changes. Competing. That's the thing that kind of radiates off you when you say all that. You miss competing. Right. That's kind of the big thing. Yeah. Whatever it is with your, you know, in practice and games and recruiting, you know, just for everything. Yeah. You, you like to compete. You're wired like that. You've been doing it, you know, 15, 16 hours a day for, for, 
you know, 18, 18, 20 years. And then it just, it just stops, you know, there's, there's, there's a big, it's abrupt, it's abrupt change. And so, um, you know, I think, I think the, the competition part, I missed quite a bit. And the wife was ready to get you back working. Oh, she was ready to get me out of the house. (laughs) You know, I I think I told, I was texting you, I was watching your alma mater, Bradley central play, play Cleveland, a big rivalry over in the Chattanooga area that not a lot of people know about. That's right. But, uh, I was watching. I was I was at the game and and texting you from from sold out Cleveland High School, watching play the old Bears or Bradley Central. But uh, you know, there's only so much of that you can do. Get out of the house on Friday nights and and uh, see our guys Zach coach and that sort of thing. But uh, you know, it was uh, uh, it was interesting. Uh, but the first couple months, it was kind of a nice break and relaxing from from everything that was going on. But then it's like, all right what else is there to do like we got we got we got to do some other stuff here yeah you start itching uh first order of business uh when you got to lake charles what what was that first week like uh getting back i would imagine with that much time off you 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 had your thoughts in line with what you wanted to do but that whole process you said they moved quickly when the job did occur what was the first order of business for you and your staff well, really just to, to, to hit the ground running. Fortunately, I've done this. This is the, the fourth time I've done this and really the fifth time because I was with Shaka the day he got the VCU job when I was an assistant. So I've kind of seen how this goes. This will be, you know, four. I've done it three times myself, this being the fourth. And I was with Shaka the one time, you know, at, at, at VCU. So, yeah, you, you, you know what it's going to be like. You kind of know how it's going to be. I had, you know, I brought most of my staff with me from LSU. They were, they were administrative roles and different things like that at LSU. They'd been at other schools, but you know, I didn't really have to worry about my staff. I knew who my staff was going to be. And then it was just a matter of, you know, getting to know all the, the, the key players in the area. But I was a little bit ahead on that just because it was Louisiana and I knew a bunch of folks from here uh, from my previous job at LSU. And so, uh, then it was, you know, putting your team together and getting in the portal and 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 figuring out who you can recruit and figuring out who we can, who we can, who we can get that can help put us at the uh, at the top of the Southland pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, you mentioned what was it? Hadn't had a winning season since 2011, is what you said, and haven't been to a tournament since 2000. We hadn't had a winning conference record since oh. 2011. Not even a winning se- I mean, much less a winning season. <laughs> we hadn't had a winning record in the Southland Conference since 2011. So yeah. we got, we got, and, and, we got yeah. a lot of work to do. <laughs> and the dynamic has changed with how quickly you can flip a team right now, right? And I'm oh, going yeah. through – I'm going through, and, and I'm starting to wonder if Will Wade's the portal king because he's getting these guys to go to McNeese, McNeese State. And I'm just going to list them off real quick. Mike Saunders spends time at Utah, spends time at Cincinnati. C.J. Felder, good player, South Carolina native, Boston College, Florida. He's now there. Shahada Wells, really good player, TCU, heads your way. Zach Harvey spent some time here, there, and everywhere. Javon Garcia, y- you said you were going to get better in a hurry, and it starts with players, right, Coach? Oh yeah, we need a few more. Uh, you know, part of it is to you know, we kept our best player, Shoemate. You know, he was a second team All Southland player. He put his name in the portal and he came back. So it's not just who you get. Everybody gets excited about the shiny new toys. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Shoemate. You know, he he'll probably be preseason conference player of the year or, or, or right there close to it. Um, so you know, you, you want to keep the you want to keep the good ones too that you, that, that that you got. And and he was certainly a really, really good player. We got a kid, DJ Richards, who, who, who was at UTSA and was freshman all conference USA, who's going to be a hell of a player for us. So, 
you know, we, we were, you know, look, you got to know some people, all those guys were kids we had previous relationships with. It wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't like we just were, were fishing blind or fishing in the dark. You know, we, you, you do it off your relationships and, um, you know, we got good stuff here. Like I said, we host the conference tournament. So, you know, really that's a huge advantage if, you know, when you're in a one bid league and there's, you know, a majority of the conference, majority of the conferences are one bid leagues. There's only six or seven multi-bid leagues. So the other 25, 24 or 25 are one bid leagues. Well, I don't think anybody's better positioned to make their conference tournament than the, than, you know, the Atlantic sun hosted on their, on their home court. And there's a couple teams that do it, but we host the entire tournament on our court for the next three years. So, I mean, that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good deal. And in our league, the top two teams get a double buy. So in theory, if you can come in in the top two in the league, you have to win. If McNeese could come in top two in the league, we have to win two games on our home court to go to the NCAA tournament. Nobody in the country has a setup like that. Wow. There's not another school in the country that has that. Even the Atlantic Sun teams, you got to win three games on your home court. Like if you can come in in the top two, which is going to be hard, but if we could come in in the top two, then, then, then we got to win two games on our home court to go to the tournament. I mean, you're not going to win it every year, but if you can put together a pretty good team, you're going to have a, a really good shot. Uh, you're going to have a really, really good shot most years. And so I think when you look at that, I mean, it's a really, really appealing appealing uh, option. And you talk about some of those kids, like a lot of those kids really, really want to play in the NCAA tournament. They've never been to an NCAA tournament, or if they've been to an NCAA tournament, they been, hadn't been a, a key, you know, they hadn't had a key role in those NCAA tournament teams. And so that's a huge, uh, that's a huge point uh, for us in terms of, in terms of, you know, what we're looking to do and, 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 and what I think draws some of those kids uh, to us here at McNeese. Is there a general feel of excitement in the community with you coming in and taking charge? Has ticket sales gone up at all? Like what has there been? Oh yeah. I mean, we've sold out of some like, yeah, we have a platinum club. That's got about 1500 premium seats. They've sold out of those. We've sold out of our courtside seats. Um, So, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's excitement. Now we got to win. Right. Uh, But, uh, but there's, there's certainly excitement. You know, I think, you know, look, we're a proud community here in Southwest Louisiana. We got great people, but I think there's a sense of, um, you know, like, like I chose to be here. I chose them. I wanted to be here. I could have gone some other, but I, I wanted to be here and I chose to be here. I think there's some, you know, we don't have a lot to be prideful about down here all the time, but I think there's a, a, a real sense of pride about that. And I, I, it's a sense of pride for me. I just got back from lunch and was at lunch with folks and meeting folks and talking to folks and, 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 and people are certainly excited, but you know, we got to deliver now. Uh, we, we, we've got to deliver, we've got to win. Uh, we've got to we've got to put a product out there that everybody can be proud of, or this is just a bunch of a bunch of talk and and you know there's no action behind it. But we want to be about action, and we got to we got to make it happen now, which I'm I'm confident that we will. You heard it here first. The people of Lake Charles are fired up, and, and rightfully so. Will Wade, thank you so much uh, for being part of Off the Carousel, the series with the Field of 68 talks to all first year head coaches at their new spot and. Not your first year, but first year with the program. So thank you so much, Coach, and uh, we'll see you soon. Good luck this year. Thanks for having me on, T.O. Appreciate it. Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee-in-the-morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit – 
I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. And man, that could not be more true. It's nearly impossible to eat and drink in a healthy manner in the month of February and the month of March when you are in my business. And AG1 was exactly the supplement that I needed to improve my gut health and cover my nutritional bases for the day. I've continued that into April. I've continued that into May, and I'm going to continue that the rest of the summer. All I have to do is mix a scoop of AG1 with some water or maybe add it into a smoothie and I'm ready to go. Do it after lunch and you'll be ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's field68, F-I-E-L-D, the number six, the number eight, and you can get yours now. So check it out and help support this show. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the field of 68's Off the Carousel, where we're checking in with new coaches across college basketball. And at the age of 44, Alan Huss has been a star in this industry, and now he gets his chance to be a head coach in college hoops at High Point University, the new head coach of the Panthers joining us now. And Alan, before we talk about High Point, I want to look back about two decades ago when you are at Eisenhower High School in Illinois, I believe I read 
You started out coaching as what a part-time freshman coach. Tell me about the beginnings. That was uh, I had no plans to coach to coach college basketball, high school basketball, really any basketball at all. And I ran into an old friend, Jeremy Moore, uh, walking around and, uh, with my wife at the time, and uh, we chatted up a little bit. He mentioned that he was looking for a freshman coach at Decatur Eisenhower. Uh, he had coached my youngest brother there, uh, and and I knew Jeremy. I grew up watching him play. He was just a couple years older than me, so I knew Jeremy and his family for a lot of years. Uh, and yeah, he offered me an opportunity to come be the freshman coach, and that's that's where it all started. It was fun. What were you planning on doing? I just worked in the business world. I had a regular job, and uh, if, yeah, if it wasn't for running into Jeremy, I'd probably still be doing the same thing I was doing. I'd be sitting at a desk. Doing what you think in the business world? Probably underperforming. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Luckily, I've moved into a space where I where I fit in a little bit, uh, a little bit better than I did in that one. So you end up going through the the high school ranks. Decatur Christian comes up next. So six, so seven. Then you're at Culver Military and La Lumiere, and then you end up as as an assistant at. New Mexico, I guess, as this journey's going on, you went from not planning on doing it at all to today, you're a college head coach. How did that happen when you think about this journey? You know, it's 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 difficult to to not think that there's a, a obviously a, a greater power out there that's directing things when you when you look, especially at my situation. I know we all feel that way about our individual situations, but you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I just, I think maybe that's why it's worked out for me. It's just, I, I never was worried about the next job because I didn't really think there was a next job. When I started off as a, uh, as a, as a freshman coach, I think the guys that played for me there and the, my, my colleagues at, at Decatur Eisenhower, uh, I think they would tell you that I, I treated it like it was a division one head coaching job. And I think I've done that every step along the way. I just, I didn't know any other real way to do it. Uh, I, I, you know, I'd only, only way I'd really had modeled for me was just kind of to be all in. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I've attacked it. And, and it's just, I've been saying, I've, I've been really grateful to have a lot of people along the way that maybe saw me as something a little bit more. I was still a part-time coach of, up all the way until I went to Culver Military Academy and, uh, you know, Mitch Henderson, who was an assistant at Princeton, I mean, an assistant at Northwestern at the time, uh, Mitch helped me kind of get get going. His great uncle was uh, was on the board of directors at Culver, and luckily Mitch thought maybe I was worthy of uh, of, of running the, the show there, and maybe might have might have slipped my name in there to kind of get me going there. And then uh, you know you fast forward to, to Craig Neal, who thought of me as a college coach, what a lot of other people thought of me as just a high school or AAU coach, uh, because I you know, I coached a lot of grassroots basketball also. Uh, but I just, you know, I love, I love coaching and I love coaching young kids and trying to get them better. And it's just, it's pretty amazing that I get paid to, to do this now because I, I was doing it for free to start off. And then you met Mitch Henderson in the NCAA tournament in the sweet 16 of all places. And we kind of, we had a laugh. We were, we, the fleet gymnasium there at Culver where Mitch was a superstar back in the nineties. Uh, you know, seats probably, I think they say it seats 1200 and it probably seats more like 600. 
uh, you know, kind of jam full of, of military cadets, the, the cadets of the school a lot of times, but it's, it's a neat place. We kind of laughed that as we were sitting in the Yum Center down in Louisville, that maybe it was a slightly bigger stage than, than uh, the gym we had last shared there in Culver, Indiana. Let's stick with your roots and let's go to Creighton uh, because you played for Dana Altman. You're a teammate of Kyle Corvers. I, I got to hear the the best story, your favorite memory of Coach Altman, maybe his favorite phrase that he used with you, something that comes to mind. And, and what led you to saying, yeah, I played for Coach Altman. I'll play at Creighton. Yeah, I mean, I think Coach would probably tell you my – what led me to playing there was just lack of other options. I wasn't very good. He was, he was, he was nice enough to give me an opportunity or maybe desperate enough, depending on how you look at it. Um, you know, he'd probably tell you, he'd probably tell you desperate. I might, I, I was hoping for maybe nice, but uh, I think that the, the thing at, at Creighton was really simple. It was, they, they told the truth in the recruiting process uh, Coach Altman came in and, and Greg Grinson, they came in and did a home visit at my house uh, in Kansas City at the time. And uh, they sat down with my parents and uh, I think everybody in the room, he told me about 15 things about me and they were all things I needed to do better. Uh, and I remember when he when he left, uh, my parents uh, my parents looked right at me. And so that's the guy, that guy, that guy tells the truth. And, you know, I think my dad as a former coach appreciated it. Uh, and it was a really simple, it was a really simple deal. Went up on an official visit there and met all the people. And, you know, many of the people that I met on that visit are the people that are still in and around Creighton basketball to this day, uh, despite the, uh, you know, for, for those of you that don't know, Creighton was not Creighton today when I went there. Uh, luckily for me, I would never have been there because I I couldn't play on these teams to get today. Is Kyle Korver the best shooter you've ever been around? Yeah, I mean, he was a pretty incredible shooter. Uh, you know, he's, he, yeah, he, he, he probably has to be, I guess. I mean, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, at, at Creighton, we had a lot of guys that could really shoot the basketball. And, and Kyle was, you know, he was just a sophomore when I was a senior and was figuring it out. Uh, still kind of how to do all the crazy things that he does now. He was more of a standstill guy early in his career. Uh, he became a guy that could really sprint and, and, and shoot the basketball off the move as he got, as he got older and stronger and uh, more seasoned, but he, he, he was trending that way. And uh, it's kind of funny. I remember him. I remember still this day, Saturday morning, him coming over on official visit with his parents. And uh, I think he, uh, he, he went like two for 25 from three that day and back rimmed every one of them, but you could just see the stroke. It was pure. And, uh, uh, even though he missed them all that day, it was pretty clear that he he was a special shooter and uh, probably more importantly, a special winner. Hmm. You, you think of winning and the guy that you just worked for comes to mind because Greg McDermott's done a lot of it. You come onto his staff in 2017. And at least from my vantage point, Alan, he's the guy that you sometimes say, is it real? Like, is this guy just always like this? He, he's just your regular guy that, yes, challenges his players, but but you pretty much are getting the same every single day? Is that not the case? I'd say two things about that, John. Number one, his, commit to, his commitment to process 
is second to no one. He, whether you've just won the biggest game of the year or lost the biggest game of the year, 30 minutes after the game, 20 minutes, as soon as he's done with media and we kind of sit as a staff briefly just to start our, uh, you know, to start our kind of post-game talks, you can't tell whether he's won or lost. He doesn't treat players any differently. He doesn't treat staff any differently. It's always about the process, just what we, where we, where we went sideways, if we went sideways, what we did well, if we did things well, and whether it's win or loss, you know, it's just, it's, it's really looking at that process. And I think when you, when you stay focused on process, it's really easy to stay kind of on that even keel, you know, even keel lane where you just, you don't have the crazy ups and downs that, that, that a lot of coaches have in this, in this business. Uh, and I think I'd say the second part is just Mac has an ability to treat everyone that he comes into contact with, with an amazing amount of, uh, you know, just he, he's interested in them. It's genuine. He takes, takes time out of his obviously really hectic schedule to engage them and his ability to do that with pretty much everyone that comes in contact with him regardless of whether they can do something to help him or not is really the most incredible thing. It's just, it's, it's consistent all the time and it doesn't matter who you are or where you came from or what the deal is or what you can do for him. Uh, and, you know, you, when you work in college basketball, that's inevitably a transition, you know, transactional business. Uh, it's really refreshing to be around a guy like that, you know, every day. And it's just, I think it's it's impossible not to 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 watch that model and and to try to emulate it now that I've got an opportunity to do it on my own. Let's turn to that opportunity here. High Point reaches out. You start having conversation with them. What made you like, not like, what made you love this job and say, okay, I can go coach there. And I can not only go coach there, we could win there. I think, I mean, I was so hyper-focused on Creighton at the time that I didn't have a chance to dig wholly in uh, when they when they initially reached out. Uh, but I luckily, I'd had some conversations with colleagues in the past. I knew about the tremendous facilities and the uh, administrative support and the, the excellence of the university. So I had like a little bit of a baseline knowledge kind of tucked away in the back of my brain. So when they reached out, I knew that there was an interest, but when I started having further conversations as we were progressing in the, in, in the NCAA run, uh, and I had an opportunity to meet, uh, in more depth, uh, some of the administrators, the, the president of the university, Dr. Gabane and, uh, Dan Hauser, the director of athletics here. And I, I just saw that there was alignment from top to bottom. I think and when you pair values and alignment and facilities, you just kind of look around and you see excellence everywhere and you go, wow, well, if there's excellence everywhere, you know, then that, that there's certainly an opportunity to do that in men's basketball. And, and it just, everything lined up. And it honestly, I, it also, it felt so uh, like there, there had to be something wrong. I'm still looking for what that is. And Hopefully it doesn't show itself anytime soon. <laughs> Every coach is going to have a different story here. So I want to hear yours. You take over this job and how many scholarships are you inheriting? How many guys did you know that you would have? 
Uh, and what has the last month of your life been like filling out a roster? Yeah, John, it's been a little hectic. Uh, we've, we, we're going to end up with three scholarship players carrying over from the prior staff, uh, three walk-ons also. So we'll have six guys coming back this, uh, this summer that were with us this spring. Uh, obviously, that leaves us with 10 spots to fill, of which we've filled six so far. Uh, we've got four official visits this week. So uh, it's going to be, it's, it has been extremely busy and hectic and all those things. And then it's going to continue to be for the, at least the next few weeks as we continue to find guys that can that help fill things out. Alan, be real with, with me here because I, I just, I don't think that the common individual understands this. They might be following some of the bigger leagues, but I'm I'm not sure if our audience is as well versed on on your big South programs and and kind of what you're recruiting, how you're conducting these visits and all that. Like, it, is it as real as everything else right now in the climate of college basketball? Of you're recruiting these kids, and these kids could be getting offers to play elsewhere that that where nil is impacting the entire equation yeah i would tell you nil is very much involved in in every level of college basketball at this point so it's 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 a new moving piece that uh is another you know, another hurdle for coaches to navigate and uh families to try to understand and so yeah that's that's a big piece of it just like it was at creighton and just like it is at every uh every one of the 360 some odd division one programs in, in college basketball right now it's it's here to stay and uh, it's something that uh, we aim to, to tackle here in the near future at high point you were part of a style of Creighton that was hey space 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 four out one in we're gonna run the floor how do you want to play at high point yeah I mean I think the the simple answer is very similarly uh I'd love to tell you that it was all coaching and that's not a knock against me or uh, coach Courtney Williams or coach Miller or uh, coach Mack, but we had some pretty darn good players. If you look at the NBA draft uh, uh, combine right now, I think there's what three of them that are in the combine right now. I'd like to say that's all coaching, but we both are smarter than that to know that we've had some really talented players at, at, uh, at Creighton. But I, what I'd tell you is that we will attempt to uh, play very similarly, try to, it starts with pace. Uh, and you mentioned the spacing that comes with, with great perimeter shooting. Uh, and I think maybe the part that goes, uh, you know, overlooked a lot of times when it comes to Creighton is, and especially with this last group, uh, we really had an intelligent group. Uh, those, those guys, those those five starters and those, you know, the, the end of the bench, we did, we had a group that really was able to take game plans and implement them. Uh, I think it started with the, with the backcourt, you know, those guys, but it was just every one of those guys just were, were elite at, with their ability to take what we were trying to do as a staff and implement it uh, and, and add their own little twists and turns to it and, and, and wrinkles to it. It was really a collaborative process. And I think that's why we had success there more than anything else, other than just the good piece, the good, the good players piece. Uh, but that's, that's the last piece of it is just trying to find guys that, uh, you know, that are willing to be bigger than some, be, be a part of something bigger than themselves. And that, that bring that intelligence to the floor, because there's no question that a, a huge part of the success at Creighton is largely due to that. 
All right, I had one question come in from the Creighton staff, and this is an important one. They asked, how does your wife think you look in purple? Oh, boy. Uh, I had uh, I had a nice purple shirt on in my initial press conference, and I was uh, I was told that I looked like a big purple dinosaur uh, <laughs> by, a, by a number of people. So I've got a purple shirt on now. I'm still getting acclimated to the purple, but uh, luckily I've got two daughters and a wife. I think they'll look better in purple than I do. And finally, because this is a big point here with your previous boss, because people would call him the best on the golf course. Uh, where's your golf game right now? How would you stack it up? Uh, I started last summer trying to play a lot. Uh, Coach Miller and, and I both did. We Once the roster was in place, that was, I don't know, June probably, once we kind of had everything solidified last summer, we did start playing a lot more. Uh, I, I think it's going to have to take a one-year uh, kind of pause, uh, but I do enjoy it. Uh, but to compare me to Coach Mack and uh, our commitment to the game or our, our, our skills, that's that's that would be an insult to Coach Mack or anyone else that's decent at golf because I'm a subpar golfer at very best. The follow-up question would be, who's really building the roster at Creighton? I mean, who was, you know, because you have to work on your golf game at some point if you're going to be that good. No, Coach Mack is, uh, Coach Mack loves to chase that white ball, but the one thing I'll tell you about him <laughs> Uh, is when it comes to recruiting, he he, li he likes to recruit even more. So yeah, uh, and I can tell you that he he loves the result of that recruiting even more than both of them. He wants to win at a really high level. So uh, even though he chases that white ball around, it it's it's getting worked around recruiting calls and, and trips and all those things. He 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 he's got his priorities in order. I can promise you that. Well, that dinger means our time is up. Alan Huss, congratulations on High Point. Looking forward to seeing you in purple more often in the 2023-24 college basketball season. Best of luck with the Panthers in year one. We're looking forward to watching you. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it.